0: Alright, let's take our Bible tonight, if we would, and go over to the book of Joshua tonight. Look at Joshua. I'm going to look at three different times in the Bible tonight. Now, we started this morning uh, a message on how to discern. And uh, tonight I'm going to preach uh, the second part on how to discern, but really, uh, hindrances uh, that affect our discernment. Uh, you know... If we're not careful, we can get hindered uh, in making the right decisions. Uh, sometimes it's easier to do than uh, what you think. We looked this morning uh, about how to discern, and we've seen that it is by Scripture, uh, by supplication, and by the Holy Spirit uh, that we make the right decisions. Uh, but tonight, let's look in Joshua chapter 9 while we stand at our feet, if we would. Uh, I have preached all these three separate before, uh, never together. But uh, I just want to look at some things uh, with the Lord being our helper. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on all of, on each of them because if I did, we'd be here all night. Uh, but now, if y'all want me to, I will be. Nobody said amen, brother Jeff. So I, you know, I guess I'll try to hurry as much as I can. Joshua chapter nine. Ain't it good to be here tonight? Say amen. amen. It's a joy to be here. Amen. Joshua chapter 9, look in verse 1. And it came to pass when all the kings, which were on this side Jordan, in the hills and in the valleys, and in all the coast, over the great sea, over against Lebanon, uh, the Hittite, the and Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, uh, heard thereof. And that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work wily and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles old and rent and bound up and old shoes and clotted, uh, clotted up on their feet and old garments upon them and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua under the camp at Gilgal and said unto him, And to the men of Israel, We be come from a far country. Now therefore make a league with us. It's very important to understand. Yes. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye, and from whence come ye? And they said unto him, From a very far country thy servants are come, because of the name of the Lord thy God. For we have heard the fame of him, and all that he did in Egypt, and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites, that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon, king of Heshbon, and to Od, king of Bashan, which was in Ashtaroth. And wherefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take victuals with you for the journey, and to go meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants, therefore now make ye a league with us. This our bread we took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now, uh, behold, it is dry and it is moldy. And these bottles of wine which we filled were new, and behold, they be rent, And these are garments, and our shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey. Now verse 14 is what I want to deal with. And the men took their victuals, took of their victuals, and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. And be singing tonight. Lord, we love you. Uh, We thank you for the choir singing tonight and the special singing. Uh, I pray that it has uh, brought glory and honor to your name. And Lord, I'm glad we can lean on you tonight and look to you. But it's preaching time now. And God, I pray, as we to try to do our best, but Lord, our best ain't gonna be good enough that a touch from heaven tonight. And Lord, we certainly need you, and need you to come by, not only stirring these people's hearts that's listening, but in my heart also. And God, I pray you make my speech plain tonight and clear, and I pray that you'd guard our mind and our thoughts. And Lord, we're so thankful tonight and that for Calvary. But would you help us preach? If somebody here lost, save them. Somebody has a need, meet that need. And we'll give the glory for it, for all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we're talking about discerning, the word discern literally means to uh, separate by the eye uh, or to understand. Uh, It means to be able to distinguish, to see the difference... Uh, between more than uh, two things. I, I thought about tonight to bring uh, two pieces of paper, and I really meant to and got sidetracked to bring a red piece and a green piece. And so you think in your mind about a red piece and a, uh, and a green piece, and you, you can think about that, and, well, I'll just be honest with you tonight. We can look here tonight. We won't use red and green. We'll just use black and white tonight. And uh, you can see the difference... Uh, between this. Uh, but tonight, let me ask you this, if, if you were dealing with somebody that was colorblind, uh, would you really want them to tell you what color something was? Now, you keep that in, in your mind tonight while I preach about this, and I'll get to what I mean by that here in a minute, but you think about that. But it means to distinguish or to see the difference uh, between And so right here the children of Israel could not tell the difference uh, uh, between what they were being told was the truth uh, and what was not the truth. Uh, But the Bible said right here the reason they could not tell uh, was simply because they did not ask counsel at the mouth of the Lord. Now I want you to notice something. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this uh, portion of Scripture, but they, they took their story... Uh, for face value. Uh, can I tell you tonight that sometimes looking at stuff at face value uh, spiritually will get you into trouble. Uh, sometimes you say, well, that looks like a good idea, that sounds like a good thing to go do. It seems like that uh, maybe God would bless that if uh, we took off after that or done that, or maybe he's okay with that. Uh, But until you begin to seek God and ask him uh, uh, about some things, he just may not stop you uh, and let you go on and do what you want to do. As a matter of fact, if you look right here, it said that they come uh, uh, to make a league in verse 6. It said, we become from a far country, now therefore make a league uh, with us. Uh, and notice what they said in verse 7. You know what that league is? They wanted them to join together uh, uh, and say that they would be for each other. Uh, uh, basically, is what they're saying. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, uh, Peradventure you dwell among us, uh, and how shall we make a league with with you now you know what they said now what just happens uh, if you do dwell among us uh, what happens if you are our next door neighbor uh, uh, and we make a league with you what's going to happen right here as a matter of fact, if you look if you look at where the Gibeonites uh, I was from, it wasn't too far from where Joshua and the children of Israel was fixing to go into and to destroy next. Uh, uh, but the problem was, is they had uh, snookered them by the way they dressed. Uh, they had snookered them by their clothes. They had snookered them uh, by the story that they told them. You say, well, they really didn't have a chance in that to know the truth. No, actually they did, because if you come to verse 14... The Bible said, and the men took of their victuals. They looked at what was going on. They looked at what was in place. They looked at what they could see by the natural eye. But they didn't ask God anything. Can I tell you tonight, that one of the hindrances in our life that comes in active discernment is we simply just don't ask God. We simply just don't ask God. We we may not. We think we know the truth. We think we know uh, the situation that we're in. And we think we know the direction uh, that we should go. And maybe we do know. But when's the last time you just stopped? Ask God. When's the last time that we said, "Lord, I believe this is the way that you want me to go. I believe this is the thing you want me to do, and uh, I believe that this is what you want. I, uh, but, but but I'm just not sure. So would you help me? You know, it would have been real easy if Joshua would have just said, Hey boys, we need to stop for just a minute or two. Uh, uh, we need to inquire of God and see what God uh, thinks about this situation right here. There would have been nothing wrong with that. There would have been nothing wrong said. Hey, we need to get along uh, uh, over here by the hope tree uh, uh, and just pray for a little while and see if God uh, uh, will let us hear from heaven. But see, the problem was here is they come in and said, let's make a league together. And see, they already knew they were not supposed to be making leagues uh, uh, and that with the people of that country. They already knew that. But they were going to do that uh, uh, because they said, we come from a far country. Uh, uh, We're your servants. Uh, We'll be your servants. Uh, 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 And you can use us however you want to but just make a league with us. And so, by the way, I'll be honest with you, it did cost them... Just a little bit. Now this didn't cost them a whole lot. When Joshua found out what happened right here, it said in verse 15, And Joshua made peace with them, and made league with them, to let them live, and the princes of the congregation, swear swore unto them. And so you come on down through here and they find out what was going on and, uh, and it, they would not kill the Gibeonites. But you know what Joshua done? He did put them to work. I, I, he did make them hearers of wood. But if you go to the next chapter, I, I, you know what they had to do? They had to go to defend them, the Gibeonites, I, uh, from other people that was trying to kill them. So see, they still had to go fight. It cost them. It cost them. It always cost us. It cost us something when we don't ask God. When we don't listen to God. How many times have we got in trouble. Because we went and done our own thing. By looking at stuff on face value. See it didn't hurt them this bad. But it did hurt them some. And then take your Bible. And go to the book of 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13. And we find a, a young preacher over here. That took some bad advice. And I'll just go ahead and tell you the story if you don't know the story. It killed him. In 1 Kings chapter 13, the Bible said in verse 1, And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord, uh, and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, <coughs> Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burned upon thee. And by the way, that comes to pass too. And he gave the sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are uh, upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass, when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, uh, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him, and his hand which he put forth against him dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to him. And the uh, the altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord." And the king answered and said to the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God and pray for me, that my hand may be restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again, and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. And the man of God said unto the king, If thou wilt give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way, and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now there dwell no prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken unto the king, them they told also to their father." And their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon. And when, after the man of God, found him sitting under an oak, and he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. And then he said unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread, nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. And he said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee uh, thee, into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But here's the important part. But he lied unto him. Verse 19. So he went back with him and he did eat bread in his house and drank water. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet that brought him back, and he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back, and hast eaten bread and drunk water, in the place uh, of which the Lord did say unto thee, Eat no bread and drink no water, Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulcher of thy fathers. And by the way, when you go on to read that uh, a little bit further, you'll find also that that's exactly what happened. Uh, He saddled him nice and and let him go uh, uh, and put him on the road. And it wasn't too far out through there that a lion met him and killed him. But what happened right here? Uh, Right here, it was something. Now, I want you to listen to me because uh, here's where a lot of people get in trouble at. Uh, It was somebody else that was the hindrance. uh, uh, But the young prophet listened to him. Can I tell you tonight, not everybody has your best interest at heart. Uh, people that should, should do better and should know better and should love you better uh, and should have your best interest at heart, sometimes they don't tonight. Uh, listen to me. And this young man think about it right here, I preached a message on this not too, too long ago uh, on having a good start but a bad finish. Uh, this old boy obeyed God. I mean, he left Judah. Uh, God gave him a message. Uh, uh, he said, I'm traveling by the Word of God. I'm going by the power of God. Uh, uh, and he's out and he's just doing exactly uh, what God said to do and he's doing it how God said to do it. He's preaching the message God wanted and he's living and traveling the path that God wanted him to travel. So he starts out obeying uh, the word of God. He goes over, he cries against the altar uh, uh, and I mean boy he just lays in there and begins to preach. uh, uh, The king raises his hand against him uh, uh, and wants him caught and God withers the king's hand. uh, uh, The altar's rent. The king uh, uh, has such uh, audacity uh, uh, and says would you pray to God that God Would restore my hand. And the man of God does. And God restores his hand. I want you to notice that in verse 1. He says that he went out by the word of the Lord. So he's following what God wants him to do. Verse 2. He cries against the altar into the word of the Lord. He's preaching what God wants him to do. And so when the king says, would you come home with me, uh, uh, and, and he says uh, uh, in verse 8, he said, If thou wilt give me half thine house, I, I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. Why? For so it was charged me by the what? The word of the Lord. He's obeying what God has told him to do. God said that uh, when you go down uh, when you go down and that to Bethel uh, He said that the path you travel don't go back uh, uh, and don't stop and eat uh, uh, and drink, go another way. You say, well, that was unfair of God. I don't know why God wanted him to do that. I don't know God's reasoning behind that. A lot of people think that book is unfair and that it's unreasonable, but I know that God uh, uh, does things for us and gives us that word uh, to keep us out of trouble tonight. Amen. You may think it's unfair, but it ain't tonight. Amen. You want to know what was unfair? He had to send Jesus to die for your sin. That was unfair tonight. Amen. And uh, listen to me, that was on fire. He didn't get a bargain. He didn't get a deal when he got me and you. We got the deal tonight in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But he's obeying God's word. So the king says, I want you to go home with me. And he says, if you gave me half your your palace over there, I wouldn't even go home with you. said, God said for me not to do that. So he, notice what your Bible said, so he went another way and returned not. By the way, they came to Bethel. So we know that the king probably didn't have his interest at heart. Knowing that this is an old king that loves idol worship. And that, remember, it, it it was over here. It was Jeroboam that set up the idol worship in Samaria and down in Dan. And I mean, they set up all that idol worship. It was Jeroboam that done that. He didn't, have, he didn't have this man's uh, uh, best interest at heart tonight. But then enters the old prophet. And so he hears about what is from his sons, what the prophet preached. He hears about the, uh, the power of God that come through. And I uh, talked about how that uh, uh, not only did the king's hand wither, not only did the altar uh, rent, but said, man, you ought to heard what he told the king over there. The man, he was a shell in the corn. And that old prophet loved what he heard. And he sets out to find that young man. And the Bible says right here that he came and he found him under an oak. And he asked him, he said, art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. And then he said unto him, come home with me and eat bread. He said, let me come home and feed you. You come home with me and feed me. He said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. Why? Verse 17. For it was said to me, what? By the word of the Lord. Again, he knows where his command comes from. He understands and knows that it was by the word of God that he received his instruction. He knows that. He's not arguing that. And so he says, look, God has told me I cannot eat bread nor drink water nor turn around and go back the way that I came." So the old preacher, he looks at him and he says, I'm a prophet as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with thee unto thine house that he may eat bread and drink water. Now if that would have been the end of it, we'd have said okay and moved on. But notice what the very last part of that verse says. That he lied unto him. As I've looked at this over the years, I, I, I've wondered, I, I wondered why the old man lied to him. Why did the old prophet, who was a prophet, who, who, who knew something a little bit about God, kind of makes you wonder. And I, when I preached this not too long ago, I asked this question, and I believe it, it warrants asking again, why didn't God use the old prophet down there in Bethel? Why did he have to send one from Judah? Why couldn't he use the old prophet? Why couldn't he use the old preacher? Just asking a question. Maybe God didn't want to. Don't you think that this should have been uh, an old preacher that should have been egging him on? uh, That should have said, Hey, uh, if God said for you not to return, uh, then you better not return. I patted him on the back. I I said, Son, I'll be praying for you. Uh, You go on and do what God wants you to do. But instead, he stood there, and he lied to him. He said an angel spoke to me and said for me to bring you back home, and give you something to drink and something to eat. Why would he lie to him? I mean, seriously. I mean, what did the, what did the old preacher have to gain uh, and that by lying to him? Maybe he just wanted him to come home. Maybe he just wanted to spend some time with him. If he wanted to spend some time with him, he should have sat down under the oak tree with him. Amen. I don't know why he lied, but nonetheless that he lied. But here's the problem. In verse 19, so he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. His discernment, just like Joshua and the children of Israel was off, his discernment was off right here. The Word of God had not changed. God told him when he left, go down there and preach what I tell you to preach. Go where I tell you to go. I go home the way that I tell you to go. And don't go back. God hadn't changed His mind. You know what people are looking for today? They're looking for a new Word where God has changed His mind. That's what they're looking for. Why is there a preacher standing in the pulpit today uh, uh, and saying, "God, uh, you, you know, I, I, we believe the King James Bible around here"? Uh, and there's men standing in, in, in a pulpit today that they're holding the they're holding the King James Bible, but they're correcting it while they're preaching it. They're changing it while they're preaching it. I mean, I just believe the book that it means what it says. says what it means, and we ought to just live by it. And the young man knew that. He knew that. He had that soul in his heart. But notice right here, it wasn't the king that was his problem. It was the old preacher. I'm not saying that some old men and some older ladies cannot give some good direction, but not right here. This is who he had to be wary of. Can I ask you something? Can I ask you something? Reckon uh, reckon why uh, the young man just didn't bow his head under that oak tree and just say, just give me a minute, preacher. Let me talk to God about this for just a second. I mean, that's it. Do you not think God would have answered him? Do you not think God would have given him some direction or allowed him to have some perception? Do you not think that the Holy Spirit would have helped him if he would have just said, Hey Lord, is he telling me the truth? You've not changed, you've not told me anything different. His discernment was bad. I looked at this and I wondered why he would listen. To the old prophet might have been because he was the old prophet listen I, I, I listen to older men if they, they should I, I, older men and even older ladies but I'm talking about preaching wise and uh, when, when I get around some of these older preachers I, I I like to listen to them they've been some places that I've not been they face some situations that I've not faced I I was talking to a preacher yesterday as a matter of fact he was going to preach at a church and he was telling me about this church and uh, the pastor had been there for over thirty years, and uh, and and he said he had a man, a man, and a woman in 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 his church. They they got to messing around with each other. They's both married, and they got to messing around with each other, and uh, and and I mean, ruin two families. And you know what he done? He he told them, He said, "Look, you need to get right. Uh, uh, you need to you need to fix this thing. Uh, 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 but but I'm going to tell you something right now. If, if, you're not going to stay here." He said, because your husband wants to stay and this other man's wife wants to stay, they didn't do nothing wrong. Y'all follow what I'm saying? It was this other couple. Part He said, you all got to go. He says, you can get right, but you still got to go. Sometimes it's just good to hear of some men that had some guts and was willing to stand and do some things right. Amen. Maybe he listened to him because he was just the old preacher. Maybe he listened to him because he was a prophet, just like he was. He said, well, maybe God did talk to him. Maybe God did say something to him. Maybe, maybe, hey, listen to me. I want you to understand something to, uh, tonight. It does not matter uh, what I say behind this pulpit when, uh, when I get out of the book. What matters is when I'm in the book. If I'm out of the book, you take it and you throw it out. But when I'm in that book, I, you better listen to everything. Can I tell you tonight that the old preacher was not in the book? I mean, the Bible says that he lied to him. I mean, boy, he made a good, uh, good sounding story, didn't he? Maybe, maybe the young prophet simply believed the story. Maybe he did believe it. Maybe he believed what the old man said. And that's why he went back. You know, I, I try to figure out why, why he went back. He knew what the Word of God was. God said, God said, go down there and preach. God moved. God proved Himself, didn't He? Why He withered Jeroboam's hand. How the altar was rent. How, I mean, He'd seen God move. And then He backed up. Maybe He was simply hungry. You ever think about that? Maybe the preacher, maybe the young preacher was hungry and he wanted to go eat. I don't know. I don't know why he went back, but I do know this, that all he had to do was ask God. And I believe God would have answered him. How do you know that? Book of Joshua. It said over here that if they would have just inquired of God, God would have answered them. I believe right here is the same truth. If the young preacher would have just inquired of God, he would have answered them. Now, can I tell us tonight, church, you better be careful who you listen to. You better be careful who you're taking counsel from. You better be careful who you're letting in your life and try to guide you and direct you because I'm going to tell you tonight, not everybody, listen to me, church, not everybody has your best interest at heart. he got bad counsel that caused him bad discernment by listening to the wrong person. Joshua and them did not inquire of God when they were lied to. This young man listened to the wrong person, listened to a person that he should have been able to listen to. They should have told him the truth, but he could not listen to them. Second Chronicles chapter 22, you find a story. Well, let me just read it. The inhabitants of Jerusalem made Hazaziah his youngest son, king of Israel, in his stead. For the band of men that came with the Arabians to the camp had slain all the elders. So Hazai, the son of Jer- uh, Jeroboam, king of Judah, reigned. Forty-two years old went, uh, was Hazai. I'll get it right when he began to reign. And he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was also Adaliah, uh, the daughter of Omri. If You can read a little bit about her. And he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab. Now watch this right here. For his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. The Bible said his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. You would think out of everybody in the whole world that would have had his if best interest at heart, it would have been his mama. But he wasn't. She didn't have his best interest at heart. I hope you mamas and daddies have your children's best interest at heart tonight. I hope you do tonight. Take your Bible and go to the book of Judges, chapter 16 tonight. And then last of all, we come to a man that most of us know, and, and he, this man has always... Amaze me by the name of Samson. Samson really didn't listen to anybody but himself. Samson, when he was born into this world, I mean, Samson's beginnings, if you go back to Judges 13, uh, you'll find that Samson was was a Nazarite. God had him under a Nazarite vow from the very beginning. Go look at Judges 13 verse 7. He'll be a Nazarite his whole life. You go over and you look in the book of Numbers chapter 6 and God lays out there uh, how Nazarite is supposed to be, that, uh, you know, he don't cut his hair, and uh, he don't get around anything dead, uh, uh, and, 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 and he lays out some rules uh, for separation. Let me go over and read that real quick, because this is very, very important, because uh, it is a vow, basically, in the life of separation. Can I tell you tonight, when men you got saved, that uh, we come into a place of separation uh, out of this world, and to be separated to Christ. Amen. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 1, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, And say unto them, When either a man or woman shall separate themselves, To vow, vow of Nazarite, Separate themselves unto the Lord. He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, And shall drink no vinegar of wine, Or vinegar of strong drink, Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, Nor eat moist grapes, or dry. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing, That is made of the vine tree, uh, From the kernels even to the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head until the day until the days be fulfilled, in which he separateth himself unto the Lord. He shall be holy and shall let the locks of uh, of the hair of his head grow. All the days of uh, all the days that he separateth himself unto the Lord, he shall not come at no dead body. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother or for his brother or for his sister when they die because the consecration of his God is upon his head. All the days of his separation, he is holy unto the Lord. Now that's the whole idea of the the Nazarite vow. But when you look at Samson's life, God said, Samson's going to be a Nazarite unto me from the time that he comes out of the womb. As a matter of fact, in the womb, he was a Nazarite. God told his mom over there, said, don't drink no strong drink. Go back over there and look. And wants her to separate herself. And said when, 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 when Samson gets here, he's going to be a Nazarite uh, from the time he's born to the day that he dies. And Samson, uh, even though he had the power of God, most of us understand Samson's life, the power that he had. The great strength and the great power uh, in his life that he had. And you know, that comes by separation, by the way. You, you, want power, you want the power of God in your life? Uh, it's going to be coming by separated out of this world and separated in that to God. I believe that tonight. We can't have the power of God until we get separated out of this world. But you know what Samson would do? He'd want to mess around a little bit in the world. Yeah, while he was traveling one day, there, there there was a young lion come upon him, and he and the power of God come upon him. He took and tore that thing, and uh, he went on about his way. And when he come back through later on, uh, there was some there, there was some honey bees building that thing uh, in that carcass of that lion, and he went over and got him some honey. He had no business being over around the carcass of that lion. I mean, it's a Nazarite vow. Just go look at it. But he, he struggled to separate himself. He had great power, but he struggled to separate himself. He kills the Philistines with a great slaughter. At one time he kills a thousand of the Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. He carries the gates of the city of Gibeon up on top of the hill up there and sets them up, but he had trouble. Samson, he liked women. There's no doubt about that. And the Bible tells us over in chapter 16 and verse 4, And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek. Whose name was Delilah. And the Lords of the Philistines came unto her, came up unto her, and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lies, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee, every one of us, 1100 pieces of silver. That was a lot of silver. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lies, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. Man, I would have been wondering about that. I mean, just man, there would have been all kinds of light bulbs and bells going off, ding, 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 ding. Why does she want to know this? And Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green wits that were uh, never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. And the lords of the Philistines brought up her seven green wits which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, him with her in the chamber, uh, and she said unto him, "The Philistines be upon thee, Samson." And he brake the wits, as the thread of tow is broken when it toucheth the fire. So his strength was not known. <coughs> and Delilah said unto Samson, "Behold, thou smote me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound." Okay, it's one thing that she wanted to know. I mean, all kinds of bells would have been going off. And all kinds of lights would have been going off. But you know, after she bound me up with these green widths, uh, and then says, Samson, they be upon thee. And there's men in there. uh, And he he gets up, and, and I mean, he's bound, and he just pulls them off. And after he whoops them and kills them all, I'd have been wondering about some things. Now you keep that in mind tonight. Would you not have been wondering about some things. Stay with me. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me, and told me lies, now I pray thee. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes that have never been occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. And Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson, and there were liars in wait, binding in the chamber, and he brake them uh, from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Here too, thou smote me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. <coughs> and he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks in my head with the web." and she fastened it with the pen and said unto him the flesh be upon thee Samson and he awakened out of his sleep uh, and went away with the pen of the beam and, and with the web uh, and she said unto him how canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lie and he can't let me stop right here she said Samson if you really love me you tell me I've been running away from her as fast as I could. Because I can tell you right now, Delilah didn't have his best interest at heart. But, but you, you, want, you want to know something? You want to know something tonight? I, kind of, I, kind of under, I, I understand how Joshua and children of Israel ended up in the shape they ended up in. I kind of see that. Sometimes we get in a big hurry and we don't think things through, and it costs us. Sometimes listen to somebody that we think we ought to be able to trust when they did not have our best interests at heart. Sometimes that gets us in trouble. We thought we should have been able to trust them, but we didn't. So our discernment was bad. But I struggle with Samson. I struggle with Samson. Because right here, Samson was deceived of himself. His discernment was bad for whatever reason. I don't understand what was going on in Samson's mind because three times she has wanted to know. Three times he's told her something different. But all three times she has tried to rob him of his strength. I want you to listen to me men and women. There are people out there tonight that will try to rob you of your strength with God if given half the chance. There are some people out there that just live to watch us fall. That live to watch us fail on God. And want to destroy us for no more than wanting to destroy us. Now you listen to me tonight. I believe Samson was deceived of himself. Samson, if you loved me, you would have told me where your strength lies. Seems like he would have been thinking... I think she's up to something here. Verse 16, And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed to death every day. I mean, she not only asked him every day, it was every time that he seen her, uh, the whole conversation consisted of Samson. Where does your strength lie out? Why won't you tell me? If you love me, you'd tell me. If you cared for me, you'd tell me. If you wanted me to love you back, you'd tell me. I bet she him cry. Verse 17. Then he told her all his heart, that's where he got in trouble. Now, why was he this done? He had to know what was going to happen. Or did he? You ever looked at somebody that should know better about some things, and you're on the outside looking in, and you're seeing the mistakes that they're making, and you're watching what's going on, and you're saying, Why are they doing that? Don't they realize what is about to happen? Don't they realize that they're about to drive this thing off the cliff? Do they not see that they're about to wreck the bus? I mean, I'm being honest tonight. Every one of us, at some time or another, it has got any age, has looked at situations in other people's lives uh, that whether they've shared with us or whether uh, it's on open display and you're looking at it, and it's like a train wreck. I'm not saying I've got all the answers all the time, but I'm telling you, sometimes I know better than some things. And I hope I know better than Samson. But let me me tell you something about Samson. Samson had had the great power of God in his life and had seen God move and God work. And some people get to thinking that it is their strength that they have done these things in and not in the power of God. You know why some preachers mess up? I'm talking talking about, I'll I'll just repeat, Brother Aaron Caldwell, there's a lot better men and more powerful men with God than me has messed this thing up. And that scares me to death. I think sometimes they get to thinking that it is in their strength that they're doing this stuff. That it's by their power that they've been able to accomplish what's been accomplished. I don't know why Samson does what he does. But it's done. Verse 17. And he told her all his heart. And he said unto her, There's not come a razor upon mine head. For I have been a Nazarite unto God. from my mother's womb, if I be shaven, then my strength shall go from me. And I shall become weak. And be like any other man. He told her, didn't he? And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines saying come up this once for he hath showed me all his heart and then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in her hand and she made him sleep upon her knees but she was conniving. And she called for a man and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head and she began to afflict him and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out at other times before and shake myself. He said, It'll be no different than this time, than it's been the last time. These preachers stand up without praying, without studying, and God will come by like he has all the time. One of the scariest things that I ever worry about is I crawl up behind this pulpit without praying. And without seeking God. And without reading my Bible and studying. And that I can just stand up here and do it. it scares me to death. Because I know what I need out of Him. You know what the sad part is? And it wish not that the Lord was departed from him. He didn't know God was gone. He was deceived so much by his own self. I really believe that was Samson's problem. He had deceived himself. Why, else, why You tell me why else that he would tell, tell Delilah where his strength lied at. Why else would he tell her? Why else would he give up the secret of his strength knowing what's going to happen? He said, and wished not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass and he did grind in the prison house. It got him. It got him. His discernment that was hindered and that was bad when he should have known better, it got him. It got the young preacher. It got Samson. And if you'll listen to me tonight, it'll get us if we ain't careful. What hinders our discernment? Not talking to the Lord. Listening to somebody that we shouldn't listen to. And deceiving ourselves. That hinders our discernment. And gets us in trouble. You say, well, Samson... You know, he killed them all down there at the end. He did. He did. But it cost him his life at the end. It cost him all of it. It cost him. Can I tell us tonight, church? Don't ever give up where you paralyze lies at. It's not worth it. It's, 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 it's not worth it at all. I'd rather have the relationship and the power with God in my life and know that He's there and will prove Himself over and over and over again. I'd rather know He's there. Let's bow our heads tonight.